Hello everyone, it's Chris here from the In The Saddle podcast and it's happened for a second time in a week. I'm joined by Mark Horoski. Hi Chris, how's it going? Yeah, I'm okay. Why are you back on again? You can't stay away. I just couldn't resist coming back on, Chris. Well, it's good to have you back, but uh, what were we talking about in this podcast? We've decided to do a Classics preview as racing is set to resume on the 1st of June. We've had enough of this French stuff. We had a great guest in Jake Russell on giving some big price selections with lucky loaders. Yeah, there were a few controversial moments along the way. Maybe some bold prophecies about Pinatubo. Will he stay the Derby trip? I don't think so, but uh, what they got to do before we start this podcast? Make sure you follow us on Twitter and subscribe to us on SoundCloud, iTunes and Spotify. You got it. So I'll leave you uh, now with myself, Marcus and Jake. Hope you enjoy the podcast. How is everyone to start with? How are we doing? Good, thank you, mate. You? I'm Grant. Um, I'm looking at... I've been enjoying a bit of this French racing, but I think it's a bit about time for the good stuff to come back. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, it's, it's about time. I, I enjoy the French racing. I think it's a bit underestimated, but we've had some good racing, haven't we? Some uh, good group contests. Um, and yeah, looking forward to uh, when it does eventually return back in the UK and Ireland. Yeah, I think a lot of people are eager for it to come back, get the proper stuff back. Um, but today we're going to focus on the Annie Post Guineas and Derby markets. The provisional plans are to run the Guineas on the 6th and the 7th of June. And first thing we're going to look at is the implications of there being no Guineas trials. And we'll start with Jake. What's your thoughts on this? Do you think there'll be big implications on this or what do you think? I think there will be, yeah. Uh, the main aspect for the Guineas is obviously the two-year-olds growing to three-year-olds. So it depends how they get on over the winter. Um, it's going to be the main question. Obviously, we're putting two in the two thousand guineas is a short price, isn't it? I think is he six to five in like the best price? Yeah, he's, six, so, he's four to four to five, uh, six to five best price available at the moment. And then we're you're hearing a lot of talk about Arizona, who's apparently all of a sudden become formidable over the winter. So it's uh, it's definitely going to have a big effect for sure. Just uh, touching on Pinatubo, do you think do you think he will train on? Do you think he'll stay the mile? Because he's even quite short in the Derby market as well. Uh, I think he'll stay the mile. I'm not too sure on the Derby trip, but I think he'll definitely stay the mile for sure, yeah. because yeah, he was so impressive with the curl, wasn't he? The Vincent yeah. in the golf, nice little stakes. Um, what about yourself, Chris? What's your, your views on the trials, the implications? I think it's a real shame, actually, um, that we're not going to have any trial races. We often see, don't we, the Craven and the Greenham often can be good trials for the Guineas. But then, on the other hand, some horses go there fresh uh, from their two-year-old career straight into the guineas and they go out and win. So it's kind of, it's. I think some trainers will be pleased with, uh, pleased with it, others won't be. Uh, I personally like seeing the trial races. I think the French have hit the nail on the head. Uh, if you've been watching the French action, especially in the last week, you would have seen that there's been a, a few trial races and then they're going to have their guineas in a couple of weeks' time, I think, on the 1st of June. So they, they've had a, a few races to uh, kind of shape their betting markets and get an idea for what's going to go for the French guineas. And I just think maybe if they just push maybe the guineas back maybe to the end of June and then, then in the first week, maybe if we had those races, such as the Craven, and the green, I mean, we might have got more of a, maybe a better quality guineas, let's say, instead of maybe a load of rags just turning up. It's going to be interesting to see how it develops. Do you know, you're 
referring to the French angle there, do you think it gives French readers such like Andre Farm, do you think it gives them a bit of an edge being able to have the trial races? Uh, yeah, possibly. I mean, there has been the announcement as well that when we are able to host the Guineas, the French and the Irish will be able to come over for those races. And I know Andre Farb's already mentioned maybe one or two horses that might come over. Uh, Earthlight could maybe be one of those horses. I think he's got a horse called Alson uh, Trobo, uh, who won one of those uh, French trial races, could potentially come over. She finished third last year at Newmarket um, in one of um, the two-year-old group races here so he he could be tempted and obviously the o'brien stable they always normally shape uh shape the race of um every year in these classics and uh it'd be interesting to see what he brings over but also as well uh something we'll probably touch on in a minute is they've got the announcement of the irish guineas haven't they going to be happening on the 12th and 13th of june so could he maybe potentially instead of coming to newmarket for a change would he maybe be tempted to go um Go for the Guineas, Irish Guineas, probably be um, the Curs, yeah? Yeah, the Curs on the 12th and the 13th of June. And news just came out today. Just referring to the Andrew Farbigan and even French racing in general, what I often find from a betting angle is I think a lot of these prices are sort of, a lot, a lot of the, they're overpriced often, these French runners, and you can get a bit of value there. So it's certainly one to keep an angle on because it could be an edge there. Um, just actually focusing on the key English trials. I mean, which one do you think is the best indicator? Well, we'll start with the 2000 guineas. Do you, do you think the, the Greenham Stakes is, is the best indicator or do you think the Craven Stakes because it is run at Newmarket? Do you think it gives these runners an edge? Because it's quite yeah, undulating. Yeah, I'd say Newmarket. so. I mean, Newmarket's quite a, a different track, isn't it? So I'd yeah. say going to the Craven at the same track is, is definitely a beneficial for them, sure. Yeah. I mean, so, equally, equally as important, really, I suppose, but one run at Newmarket, I would say, is probably... The best indicator, shall we say? Okay, no, that's interesting. I do, I do agree there as well because I think Newbury and Newmarket are completely different, and obviously the undulating, the ups and the downs, I guess runners at the Craven Stakes an edge. Um, and obviously it's quite similar to the the Phillies as well. I mean, you've got the Nell Gwen run at Newmarket, and the Fred Darling at Newbury. Um, what about yourself, Chris? Do you think do you think it is a massive indication or edge running these courses? Um. I don't know. I think it's a hard one to make a case for, really, on either side. I'd actually be more tempted to see maybe we see more high clock, more high class horses go to Newbury. See, Frankel won the Greenham, um, and often I would say more of the the better horses run in the Greenham as a trial race compared to the Craven. I remember a couple of years ago though, um, wasn't Royal Lion turned over at really short odds in the Craven and Massa, who went on to win the Derby. Um, beat him that day but um, I, I would actually probably say that it might be an advantage to maybe have had that experience um, at Newmarket but on the other hand I would say actually sometimes a better trial can be Newbury because I often find maybe some of the, the more uh, more high profile trainers send their horses there and moving on to the importing stuff we're going to go on to the anti-post bank for the 2000 guineas um and we'll start with you, Jake. What do you fancy? Are you with Pinatubo or are you against him? Oh, it's a difficult one, really. I, I was thinking to myself, he's certainly got the class. He's six six races unbeaten, is it? Yeah. He's, yeah. Countless group races in that, especially he's one of the cover as well, which is fantastic. It was a Dewhurst as well, he won, which again was, I watched that the other day and that was good. So he's definitely got the quality. He's probably the best, he, for me, he's the best horse in the race. It's just how he's trained to a three year old. And, and like I said earlier, it's how the others have trained over the winter going into three-year-olds. He was, he was, he's not the biggest, 
And um, no, obviously, yeah, exactly. visually, visually very impressive. Nick off Vincent O'Brien, Iceland six at Curra. The section yeah, of games as well, lazy. unbelievable. Yeah, I heard he's quite lazy at home as well, isn't he? Well, not lazy, but he doesn't show much at home. Yeah, so it's quite funny because a lot you get these horses that show everything on the gallops, they show nothing on the course. So they've probably maybe they've not got to the bottom of it yet. So he could absolutely hack yeah. up um, in the guineas. Yeah. I mean, I, I think he's I think he's short enough. I mean, six to five best price available, four to five. I mean, he's yeah. maybe one that I would probably want to take on at the prices. Exactly. I'd rather have the if if I could get odds on on the exchange, I'd probably lay him and have the field running for me. And I know. Yeah. I've got Lucky Loader's fancies one at a big price as well, which will help me. Um, Chris, what's, what's the one you fancy? Um, I think the one, uh, if you can still get the price at the current time of recording of 50 to 1, I think he's an absurd price, and that's uh, Kenzai Warrior for Roger Till. Now, he's two out of two so far, and uh, he won the Horace Hill Stakes at, uh, at Newmarket on his last start in November. And I think the ground was slightly against him that day. It was quite tough uh, conditions. Um, but he had a nightmare run. Um, Jack Mitchell got him into all sorts of problems. He was up the arse of a horse called Impressor of Marcus Tregonins for for a while. And then he took a while to get out. And then when he did get out in the last furlong, he stuck his head down really well and was staying on um, really strongly in the closing stages. And he's not got a sexy pedigree he's got a really weird pedigree he's by a japanese uh, sire out of a canadian mare um so he's not really he's not really european bred um so he so his breeding doesn't stand up to much in that regard um but roger till knows what he's doing with a guineas um guinea to us uh, tip tip to win was it um finished second behind saxon warrior a big price a couple of years ago so when he does get a horse, he knows what to do with him. I think he's an underrated trainer, in my opinion. Um, and I think with the experience, he can go well fresh, because obviously he won on his debut. I would think, compared to some of these, that might be going for the derby, or maybe that they're not going to quite get the mile. You know, he's got the course experience. He's got the mile trip under his belt. Good trainer behind him. I think there's a lot to like about his chances of running a big race. That's interesting. Um, looking at the others, we've got Arizona, Airflight, Siskin. What are your thoughts on these ones? They're quite strong in the betting at the moment. Uh, well, Siskin is likely to go for the Irish Guineas, according to Jay Lyons. So okay. I'd rule him out. And he, he's a bit of a funny horse as well, because obviously he was doing very well last year. And then he turned up... Um, at Newmarket, and I forget the name of the race now, but you had uh, Earthlight in there. I think there was another horse in there as well, Mum's Tipple, and it looked like it could have been the two-year-old race of, of the season um, at one point, but it was a real dis- disappointing because Siskin went under the stools early and they had to withdraw him, and then Mum's um, Tipple didn't live live up to his expectations after his impressive win at uh, York when he hacked up by was it something like 11 lengths or something? Yeah, um, Chris, just, just so I can interrupt you, I remember watching that race of Mum's Tipple and I'd actually bagged the horse, I was on a 9-2 and I'm thinking, what is Ryan Moore doing here? Because he's going so fast. And I'm just thinking, this, this thing's going to fall in a hole and he just he just kept going. But then again, he just next time, I think he was turned over, wasn't he? Odds on. But just looking at it just now, I mean, Arizona, for me, would probably be the live danger to pin a tube. I mean, got a master trainer um, what's your thoughts on Arizona, Jake? Uh, if I'm on, I, I, 
without obviously seeing them, Aidan O'Brien is not the best record for having first time out wins, is he? Especially in going to a Guineas. Um, what's his What's his betting limit? Twelve to one, is it? I've got it down for best twelve price. to one. Twelve to one best price at the moment. He's probably he's probably the best. The live, like you said, the live danger going against the two man. Um, but I I saw one down here, a horse called Thunderous. I don't know whether he's going to the Guineas or not. Trained by Mark Johnston. Hmm. Um, he's three out of three last season. He's, he won a listed race on his last run um, quite well, actually. And um, I know Mike Johnston's thinking a lot about him uh, over the winter. He says it's really exciting going forward. So I, I actually spoke to Mark about him uh, and he said he's really looking forward to it. I don't know whether he's going to the Guineas. Or I forgot to ask him. But So, so that would be your each race selection against yeah, Pitubo? If he's a one, he's priced. No? <laughs> I don't know where he's going. Huge on that price, but... But two fifty to one shots. We can we can live in hope, can't we? Yeah, absolutely. But well, that's, that's back to Arizona. Arizona is a good price. Um, he's probably the best thing to take on in a tuba. Yeah, it's like a solid each race selection. The Maybe one, on the day if you can get an additional place, you'd be all over yeah. that, wouldn't you? The one horse I would just mention that we haven't spoken about is Kamiko for um, Andrew Bolden. Won the rearranged uh, for for Tum, Vertum Futurity Trophy. Yeah. Uh, uh, Newcastle. It was meant to be. It's normally meant to be at Doncaster, but it ran on the weather at Newcastle because um, wasn't it a waterlogged track at Doncaster or something? Um, but uh, yeah, he um, he had a lot of strong form. Uh, he's if he hasn't won, he's barely been beaten. He's always been up there putting in a fight. Uh, same colours as Roy and Ryan, the guitar group. Um, I just think I'm not sure about him. Um, I don't think that was much of a race he won at um, at Newcastle. I think a lot of the O'Brien horses that ran in that particular race don't think they're his best. Um, I think it was a bit of a, a below below par renewal. You, it's often a good trial though. We had Saxon Warrior and uh, Roaring Lion fight out a good race a couple of years ago. So it's normally a good tri- trial as a two-year-old for this race and it can provide the winner. Uh, but I just think, I just think, I don't know. I'm not. I think he he lacks a bit of top class against maybe a a better and more progressive sort. But um, I I I wouldn't if you fancied him, I wouldn't put you off him. But he's just not for me. Okay, so we both want to oppose the short price favorite Pinatubo, Ken's Eye Warrior for Chris fifty to one and Thunderous fifty to one for Jake. And potentially a reverse forecast could be getting placed there as well. But anyway, moving on to the 1,000 guineas, Phillies any post betting, quadrilateral top of the betting for Roger Charn at four to one. Do we want to be with her, Jake? Um, again, same same story as Penny Tuba. She's probably the best horse in the race, but I've actually got two picks against her. Both of them trained by Jesse Harrington. Nice. Oh, the bigger priced one, thirty-three to one Alpine Star. Um. She's an exposed three-year-old. She won two races. She won her two runs out of three runs last year. Um, was a Group Two winner over seven furlong. Um, the only thing about her is I know it was a first ever run. I think she come third on her first ever run. I mean, it was a good run for her for a first ever run on her debut. Um, it's just whether she will one go to the race and two whether she'll perform first time out in the season. Um, but I think thirty to three, thirty-three to one is a huge price for her. Considering she's a, a group winner last year as a two-year-old, and the second one is um, Al Bigner, Al Bigner, fourteen to one. 
I think that's how you pronounce it. I don't know how you pronounce it. Um, anyway, three runs out of five. Uh, three wins out of five runs. Group one winner and group two winner last year as a two-year-old. Um, and the group one was a win over in France over one mile. So the trip might be an issue for her. She's quite strong in the bank. She's second favourite in in most places. Uh, yeah. Ten to one, best price available, fourteen to one. Um, then if you think the favourite's vulnerable, I mean they could both be potentially cracking each way bets. Um, what about yourself, Chris? Are I we thought... with the favourite? Are we against her? I'm I'm against her. I'm not a massive fan of Roger Charlton to be honest with you as a trainer. Uh, I don't mind him for handicaps, but when he gets a good one on his hands, I'm not. I'm not really. I don't think even though he's had Al Kazim, he's not a trainer that like I think. Yeah, like he's going to get the best out of them. I'd rather like to see this filly with someone like Gosden or or someone. I just think he he would get maybe a bit more out of her. Uh, if you actually go and watch the race she won against uh, Hugo Palmer's filly, a powerful breeze. And unfortunately, that filly uh, picked up a knock, uh, so she's not going to be running in this race. Um, and quadrilateral did a lot wrong in that Philly smile, but she was impressive, and I, you could argue that to get out of all that trouble and and go and win. Um, but I, just, I don't know. I just, I just think four to one first time out, not for me. This is a race normally where a lot of the horses at the four of the market normally disappoint. Um, we've had some big price winners in the last few years. Uh, Billiston Brook, old favourite of mine and yours, Mark, uh, won this race. Uh, 66 to 1. Uh, then Winter, when she won it a couple of years ago, um, she was the third string of Aidan O'Brien. So it's not always one to maybe follow at the top of the market. Uh, the, there are a couple of horses, I'll probably, we'll probably talk about them in the, the Oak section of this podcast because I think they'll be running in those uh, trials for the Oaks instead of running in the Guineas. Uh, but the one I uh, the the one I came down on was uh, Cloak of Spirits for Richard Hannon. Already mentioned, he knows how to do it. Uh, win this race, he does very well with his fillies. He can do thirty three to one in places, and I think maybe the time to catch this horse could be first time out. This horse won a good race at Ascot on debut uh, in a good time and won by about three lengths in the end, and the form worked out quite nicely. Um, and the and the vibes around this horse were very strong. Um, especially after the race. Then went to Doncaster, and I'm not sure what exactly happened that day. Finished sixth um, and lost out to Powerful Breeze, but it was quite a blanket finish in behind for the places. So I was ten- I tend to forgive her that run. And then when she went back to Newmarket, she- it was a bit more like it, and she finished third. And I don't think maybe she's a top-class filly, but maybe as a filly going to a race fresh, she might just have a bit more... Um, ability first time out than some of these. It might take them a few races to get speed. So I think Cloak of Spirits would be my number one. The other one I will just quickly mention, this horse, people listening to this podcast are going to be thinking, what the hell are you on about? Um, and that's a horse called Kazaran. Now this horse was really well fancied um, for Freddie Head in one of those French trial races the other day in the uh, Sheikh Mohammed Al Maktoum colours. Um went to the front well too early and just bombed out i'm not sure exactly what happened nothing really came to light but it's just interesting that um this horse it bombed out on its first run last year at doville and then it stepped up and put two impressive runs together okay they weren't in any pattern company but they really do think a lot of that and freddie head said that this is his best filly uh in his yard and uh, and she's actually under 20 to 1 with the majority of the bookmakers for the 
for this race, which I found quite interesting. Um, and I just thought maybe if he did send her over here, which he probably won't, just worth keeping a look at. Yeah, it's an interesting one. It's actually, she's actually 16's best price, 20 to 1 in the, in the market. He's around Freddie Heads Philly. Um, just to wrap this up, Jake likes Alpine Star at 33 to 1 and Albinga at 14's. Chris Lowther likes Cloak of Spirits, Richard Hannon's 25 to 1 best price available. 16 to 1 in places now. He's blue an odds checker. So I don't know if that was you, Chris, but somebody's having it off. Nice. And obviously, Kays around 20 to 1 best price, 14 to 1 in places. And next race, we're going to look at the Oaks. And again, do you think John Gosden and Aidan O'Brien hold the key to this race? Uh, yeah, they're normally the two names that often dominate this race. They've won the last few renewals between them, uh, Annapurna, then Forever Together, and then Enable. So um, they're normally the trainers to follow. Bizarrely, John Gosden, unless uh, unless someone's going to come out and tell me that he's got a filly lined up for this race, I'm not sure he's got a top one this year. Um, Shimmering, I thought, could be maybe one that could go for this. She's not even quoted in the betting. She's in the Andrew Lloyd Webber colours. Um, but she's been... she she. Um, she didn't run too well first time out, but then she actually won all right at Lingfield in the winter. And even though she won in the winter on the weather, don't sniff, sniff up at that because Enable did that a few years ago. So it's not an, it's not a negative. Uh, she would have to improve massively, but she's not going to be my selection at all. Um, two others that I will mention. Um, there's a... or Actually, no, there's three others I will mention, actually, because uh, the two of them have the form tied in together. One of them... Is called uh, it's William Haggis's filly, uh, called Bournemouth Pride. Now this won the Montrose Filly Stakes, uh, twenty one on debut in a listed race. I mean, you don't get too many horses win a listed race first time out. Um, and she won really well. She's in the same colours as Sea of Class. I've seen in the quotes um, that William Haggis said even in the last couple of months that they won't go to the Guineas which I was a bit disappointed at they're going to go for an Oaks trial and then they'll go for the Oaks I think she's a really fascinating contender and I think a lot of people have caught to her in, in betting as a second third favourite behind quadrilateral for this race and Peaceful was the other horse that had the form tied in she won really well at Thurls if you can go and um go back and watch a replay she sprinted away very well she finished second in that race behind uh Bournemouth Pride and uh she was getting going late on and I think stepping up and trip will definitely see her in a better light the other horse I will just mention is a is a French horse called Rabina uh I think that's how you pronounce it it's a filly uh trained by Jean-Claude Rouget one at Longchamp earlier in the week by about five lengths there was one or two whispers around maybe if French horses at the time when she won might come for the Oaks. Um, he didn't dismiss it. Uh, probably unlikely to come here, but again, she's not a massive price in the betting. So they obviously think that maybe she potentially could come over here, but um, she could be different gravy altogether. But if she did come over, I think you'd have to take her very seriously. But yeah, I, I probably would be with Born to Pride or Peaceful for Aidan O'Brien in that race at the moment. Bobby or Celtic, what's your fancy for the Oaks? Chris actually took the words out of my mouth. I, I picked Bourne with pride as well. And funny enough, um, Peaceful. Because Peace, I did a top 10 list of my horses to follow the other day, and Peaceful was in there. Um, again, because of her, day, uh, because of her, her winning run and the way she just stayed on behind Bourne with pride, pride last time out. 
Um, so yeah, his two are literally my two as well. I'm glad that we've got two judges on the line here because <laughs> I'm certainly not one of them. But no, that's, that's interesting. Uh, Bournemouth Pride, quite strong in the betting, 12 to 1. Best yeah. price available. Shore is 8 to 1 in the market. Peaceful is the current 25 to 1 shot. So I take it you're going to be playing that. Just bet the both of them each way or Dutch them when in place. Yeah, more than likely. Okay, let's move on did, to. Did, on that, on that Rabiba that you mentioned, the French yeah. horse, is that the one that won the other day? Yes, it won uh, one at Longchamp. No, or was it Sean yeah. uh, I think it's Longchamp. Yeah, there was just there was just a little word for that um, that maybe uh, it could go for the Oaks, but I don't think it will. But just one to keep an eye on if you did. Worth noting that one, actually. Yeah. Go. So moving on to the big one, the Derby, Epsom. We'll start with Jake. What do you think? What we went through? Putting a two ball, short price favourite, well, six to one. You think he's too short? Would you be all about that? Yeah, way too short for the Derby for me. Yeah. Personally, the trip is the big question mark. Um, I've gone. I've got another fairly big price one. I think it's going to the Derby. Brentford Hope, mm. thirty-three to one. Um, Richard Hughes trained it. I think he said. I think he said a couple of weeks ago he's going to try and get it to the Derby. It's his biggest chance of getting one. Um, I think. He's an exposed horse, um, but his debut, I think, was it over? It was over one mile two, wasn't it? So stepping up to a trip of one mile four would be no issue. Um, I just think he was in super impressive that day, uh, and he's what he's the one horse I noted down to follow this season for me. Or yeah, the top, the top horse to follow this season for me personally. He's very three to one best price for the little moment. He's Twenty yeah. to one in places, so certainly one to keep an eye on. What yeah. about yourself, Chris? What's your views on this one? Where's the winner? Uh, like Jake, I wouldn't be with Pinatubo. I think I don't even think he'll win the Guineas actually. Um, I think he, I think he's all speed. I think they should campaign him for sprint trips, six, seven furlongs. I think he'll be absolutely that be his trip. I don't see trouble is something before I go into my selections. I think sometimes when a horse wins the Guineas, we automatically look towards the Derby. Um, uh, because uh, we think they're going to get the trip. I think the classic case of the horse that people fell into the trap with was Saxon Warrior uh, a couple of years ago. A lot of people thought he was going to step, won the guineas, and he was going to go and win the derby. It was bet like a good thing in the market. Yeah, um, I liked DXB that day, Chris. Yeah, well, well, I laid him for three places, so I was quite happy. Um, but, I, yeah, but I think Saxon Warrior was a mile, uh, maybe a mile and two on a good day, but... I think you got sometimes you look at a lot of like these horses now, especially in I'd say last couple of years that have ended up running in the Guineas. They've actually gone back in trip and been winning races like the Commonwealth Cup and things like that at Royal Ascot, where they're more effective over six and seven furlongs. Um, I don't, I don't think the the it's. I think it's very difficult actually to win a Derby after you win a Guineas. Not many horses do it these days. Um, so that's why I would be really interested to see if they actually do go down the Derby route with Pinatubo. I think it all depends, obviously, on his Guineas run. Um, but uh, the one... See, Chris, just see it on the Pinatubo angle. See, let's just say he goes on and he wins the Guineas impressively. Would you still take him on in the Epsom Derby? Oh, yeah. 
still take him on if you, it's the stamina it's the issue oh yeah well if he gets drawn in still yeah. one he's at it I don't think no horse has ever won in still one from the derby so, so, so let's just think hypothetically if he goes off 6 to 4 you'd be laying him for 3 and 4 places on Betfair yeah if, if he was 1 to 10 on if he goes and wins by 15 lengths and everyone so thinks this is what you want you want a Pinatubo and you want Kenzai Warrior placed yeah. it's a perfect scenario I, I mean yeah I, I, I think um, I don't I, I really don't See Pinatubo, I get him more than a mile. I really Bullish. don't. From I, I really don't. I, I really would like. I, I would, obviously I would like to go and see him like win, and it'd be great to see a special horse again, and hopefully go and beat him. But if I was Charlie Appleby, and he won over a mile, I don't care how far he wins by. He 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 wouldn't be going over a mile for me. Uh, I I'd be keeping him more between the six furlongs and and a mile. I think I think um I think that's where he where he's at his optimum. I really think sometimes, like I said, we fall into a trap thinking they're going to get further. Um, now this is a tricky race. I thought to work out. Uh, one horse that's really been a talking horse throughout the winter for this race is a horse trained by John Gosden called Wild Koenig, which is a half brother to Wildgeist. Um, one at Wolverhampton again, no bad thing. He's won with Nable on the on the weather in the winter before, so. Don't always knock horses that win on, on the weather. Um, and <laughs> so it's, it, it, they have to win at Newmarket first time out to be a serious horse. Um, this it's really about Wolverhampton, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, you don't, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, we'll get horses winning at Savile next. So, um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, yeah, he, he won really well that day, well, Koenig, and uh, he hasn't run again since. I think the Derby, Derby is where he's going to go um if he's still in good health i haven't i haven't heard anything about him but uh, i think he would be one to keep an eye on i'm not sure if he'd be good enough to win um he might just like a bit of experience compared to some of uh, his rivals for palace pier could be an interesting one wherever he, wherever he goes we didn't actually talk about him in the guineas there i know a lot of people fancy him but i think he wants further in trip uh if you ask me but um interesting to see if he goes there i think the one that i came down on was um military march for saeed bin Sura, who we didn't actually mention in our guineas i think uh the further he goes the better i could see him being a potential maybe like massar was um i think he could be that good Olfin's derby horse i think uh he's a very progressive type he did really well uh last year kind of went under the radar uh, he won that autumn stakes quite well, actually, staying on strongly at the end. And one thing I would urge people to uh, go and look at if they haven't done so already, and something that people should know is one horse past the line. Sometimes, if a horse takes ages to get pulled up, um, that's normally a good sign that they want further. And uh, he he kept going and going and going that day. And uh, to, I can't remember who was aboard. It might have been James Dill. Probably be wrong on that one. But uh, if whoever was the jockey that day, he um, took an age for him to pull up. And, uh, yeah, I think the further he goes, the better. But military he march. Therapy, wasn't it? Yeah, yes, I think you're right. Yeah, I think he rides, doesn't he? Saeed's horses sometimes. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, military march. Um, I think he's definitely a danger in the derby. Yeah, he's one I had noted as well. I think he's been well-backed, isn't he? Yeah, he's... he's best price 25 to 1 at the moment. Uh, a standout price. He's twelves, fourteens in place at the moment. I, uh, I'm, I'm actually just hoping Pinatubo 
run so I can play Slayer because Loader is spoken. I'll, I'll be giving uh, Charlie Appleby a tech Slayer there and informing him that Loader says don't don't run him. But I know this has been great, guys. Just to round up, I'll just quickly go through all the selections that we've put up. We'll start with the 2000 Guineas. I mean, Chris Loader likes Kenzai Warrior 15 to 1, Jake Russell Thunderous 50 to 1. I'll be backing both of them, singles, reverse forecast, and I will be sticking my neck out and laying Pinatubo for the place only. Very brave. Jumping on to the 1,000 guineas, Jake likes Alpine Star, 33 to 1, Albinga, 14s, Chris Loader, Cloak of Spirits, Richard Hannans, 25 to 1 best price, mostly found 16 to 1. And obviously a little note for Kira Shan, 20 to 1, Ferryheads Philly that ran the other day, one to keep an eye on the market. Jumping on to the Oaks, Chris and Jake both like peaceful twenty-five to one. Take note. Bournemouth Pride twelve to one. Both of them all over it. Jumping on to the Derby. Jake likes Brentford Hope thirty-three to one. Best price available twenties twenty-five elsewhere. And Chris likes Wildong twelve twelve to one at Palace Pier. One to keep an eye. Should appreciate appreciate the step up in trip twelve to one also. But his main selection is Godolphin's military march with a similar profile to Massar. It's twenty-five to one, which is huge. And again, I'm just hoping Pinatubo runs so I can lay that one, two, three, four, five. But listen, guys, it's been great. Thanks for thanks for your time. And just make sure you give us a follow on Twitter, follow our page on SoundCloud, and I'm sure we'll be having Jake on another time very soon. Cheers, guys. For more podcasts, please follow us on Spotify, iTunes, and SoundCloud to never miss an episode. You can also as well follow us on social media where our Twitter handle is at in the saddle pod. But also available on Instagram where our username is in the saddle global. Okay.